we going to get this thing started? Are we going to do this? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do it. You know why we're going to do it? Because this, 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 this won't hurt a bit. We've talked about a lot of really important things on This Won't Hurt a Bit, like how to save someone's life, how to do CPR, what to do if someone is drowning. And today we're going to talk about something equally important. And mysterious. I would, I would say more important. Yeah. In many ways. And that is... Farting. <laughs> <laughs> Mel, you just, you stole the wind right out of me. Ah, <laughs> see what you did there? You're full of it. That's <laughs> great. This absolutely stinks. <laughs> well, not just this farting. This show's just going to breeze by. <laughs> We're also going to talk about burping. And hiccups. Oh, we really are talking about farting. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's about yeah. time. I can't believe we made it this long without talking about farting. You've got some questions about farting. I know you I'm do. I'm sure I do. Okay, we're going to get to that. We're, we got to build up to the farts. We're going to start with hiccups. Okay, hiccups. Boring. All right, there. Hiccups are not boring. They're not boring if you have them. They're super annoying. I hate them. Like, there's some things in life that I can't stand, and hiccups is one of them. Yeah. I'd rather have a paper cut than a hiccup. <laughs> I'd rather be poked in the eye with a sharp object. <laughs> what if someone said, Dave, I'm going to take this piece of paper, I'm going to mm -hmm. cut you mm -hmm. right now. Or? Or you could have the hiccups for five minutes. Cut me. <laughs> Just do it. Just get it over real quick. <laughs> but it's not going to be quick. I'm going to give you a really slow, slow paper cut. <laughs> paper cut. Okay, so what is a hiccup? It's some sort of, ner uh, not nervous, um, some sort of like reflex you can't stop, huh? Like some sort of spasm yeah. in your gut. Yeah, that's a really good description. That's what it feels like. Right. So you get this sudden like inspiration, right? Not like you're inspired, oh. but like you're... Breathing no, no, in. like like sometimes then, when you're sitting there and like your bicep starts jiggling and you can't stop it. And then you tell people like, hey, look, 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 I'm yeah. not doing anything. And it's like. I like to do it with my pectorals. Check this out. It's happening totally by itself. Look at them. Chicks love that. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, to music. Okay. And they just start dancing. <laughs> okay, so it's sort of like that. But it's um, it's in a whole different set of nerves, and it causes this reflex arc where you have this sudden breathing inward, and then your glottis, you know, where the air yeah. comes in and out, that closes, and that makes the, the sound. Yeah. Hiccup. 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 And what is contracting? What is the muscle that's doing this contracting to? Diaphragm. Very good. It's your diaphragm. And you know what's interesting? You know, your diaphragm is in two parts. There's a left side and a right side. 80% of the time, it's on the left side. And That's you know weird. How, you know how I know that? No. Because uh, in the show notes. <laughs> oh. Wait, there are show I should be looking at these. No, you're I would not know allowed so to look. much information. <laughs> okay, so there's a medical word for hiccups. Dave, do you know what it is? Is, is it like Latin sounding like hippocus? That's a, diaphragmus. That's a good one. That's not it, but okay. that's really good, Dave. Okay. Um, no, the the medical term. You know the smell? Singletus. Yes, singletus. From the uh, Greek hiccup. <laughs> for the Greek for hiccup. <laughs> no idea where it comes from. <laughs> singletus, from the Latin meaning a speech broken by sobs. So sometimes we get people who come into the ER and they're there because they have intractable hiccups. They're like really bothered. I mean, you can imagine that. It'd be really frustrating. You know, how long does it have to be before you get to the point where I'm like, I'm going to go to the ER and wait in the ER Is for some sort of answer. Is there a recorded, like what's the longest someone's had hiccups? 
It's years. No. Years. And yes, and I can't remember. It's like 60-something years that uh, this dude had hiccups. Wait, does it break at all? Like, hey, I didn't have him sometime and then started again? Or it was like like the way we'll we have, have hiccups? To, like, we have to <laughs> check, but I think it's in like in the Guinness Book of Records of some dude have hiccups for like 60 years. In 1922, Charles Osborne was trying to weigh a pig before slaughtering it when he fell. Shortly after, he came down with the hiccups, which lasted for the next 68 years. They started at a rate of about 40 per minute and later slowed to about 20 per minute. They finally stopped, mysteriously, in 1990, a year before his death. His doctor blamed it on a tiny burst blood vessel in his brain, the size of a pin, which he claims destroyed the area in his brainstem that inhibits the hiccup response. So we use this term intractable hiccups, but what does that really mean? It actually has a medical definition. You know, if you have hiccups for five hours, you're probably like, oh, I've got intractable hiccups. It's horrible. No, you haven't really met the definition yet. Really? You know, it's sort five of like, hours of hiccups is not a problem. It's, I mean, it's probably very irritating, but it doesn't meet the medical term of quote unquote intractable hiccups. You got to be hiccuping for over 40, two days. Yes. 48 nice. hours. Dave, good job. Wow. Good job. Yeah, anything hours. less than that would be a hiccup bout. So if you've been hiccuping for five hours, you got a bout. How do you sleep if no. you've got hiccups for 48 hours? For five minutes, if yeah. I had the hiccups, that would be go to the ER. Five no, minutes? Please You're do not, to go to the ER do, not little... do that. Yeah. That is awful. Two days. I just how do you sleep? And it's like, yeah, oh. how do you sleep? I don't think you do. So if you have a short duration of hiccups, it's a hiccup bout. If it lasts for like a day, up to 48 hours, it's persistent hiccups. And then over 48 hours is intractable hiccups. So what do you do for that? What if it's 60 years? What do they call that? <laughs> F- horrible. Oh. I think so you can't say that in the uh, show, though. But, but that's is. what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do for the hiccups? Yeah, what do you do for the hiccups? Well, you know what? This has been extensively studied. In I can get rid of the hiccups. How I've got get, a better way than you. Go I know on. how to get rid of the hiccups. How do you get rid of the hiccups? What I do is I find something impossible to do, like count how many pieces of stucco is on a wall or how many fibers of rug there are or or how many lines there are on a um, TV screen. Something you just can't possibly do and try really hard to not lose your place and just sit there and really try to count them and they usually go away. That sounds lame. <laughs> I, I can attest to this technique that it does not work. What? <laughs> yeah. Think it goes away. Because you'll be hiccuping and I'll be like, hey, Dave. And you're like, nope, I'm concentrating. <laughs> Everybody knows that the way you get rid of hiccups, it's been proven in multiple studies, randomized trials, uh, multi-center across the world, is that you take a cup of water and you bend over exactly. at the waist yeah. and you drink out of the cup on the opposite I side. I never Works understood that. every I time. 50% of the time, it works every time. I cannot visualize that. I do not understand how that works. Okay, here we go. Mel's going to do it. And And if you also do that while pressing firmly into your ears, almost to the point where there's significant pain, that increases the probability of the hiccup stopping by another 12%. In no, it trials. doesn't. What about the... No. Uh, are you saying that I just made that up? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you'd be correct. It also proves that the cup is levitating if you're using your hands to plug your No, ears. there's a special... T- uh. What about blowing in the bag, like a paper bag, like hyperventilating into a bag? Well, these are all described techniques in the literature. It doesn't mean that there's science behind them, <laughs> but they're all described. Drinking from the other side of the glass, uh, breathing into a bag, gargling water, sipping ice water. Mm-hmm. Holding your breath. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Getting scared, getting punched oh, in the yeah, stomach. Oh, yeah, getting scared. That's a good one. 
yeah, these are all described um, as as possible techniques. And, and I think the concept with some of them is to try to interrupt the, the hiccup reflex arc. So there's certain nerves that go into the process of hiccuping, the phrenic nerve and the vagus nerve and a bunch of nerve roots coming off of your C-spine. Um, and so if you can do something to stimulate those nerves or sort of disturb those nerves, then instead of like continuing to hiccup, they're like, oh, we're going to do something else now. And they and they focus on that. I think that's the I think that's the general concept that's not really scientifically based. Yeah, I think it's like squirrel. So you've got hiccups and you suck on a really sour lemon and your phrenic nerve goes, huh, lemon. Mm. <laughs> and it forgets that it's part of this reflex loop. And yeah. it stops. I believe that's the scientific explanation. My master made me this collar. He is a good and smart master, and he made me this collar so that I may talk. Squirrel! <laughs> Now let's talk about real science and legitimate data on this subject, okay? Got it. Boring. So there's this very robust sort of like group that does these massive reviews of the literature to basically say, hey, we've looked at everything and this is what the data says. It's called the Cochrane Library, okay? So the Cochrane group reviewed this in 2013 and they found... Drumroll. Zero studies that met inclusion criteria to even be included. As real scientific evidence. So and in layman's terms? There's no evidence for anything. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, to get into the Cochrane database as a good study, you have to fulfill certain criteria. It has to be blinded or randomized and really well done scientifically. And they're basically saying there is no studies that are well done for the treatment of hiccups. Despite that, we treat hiccups every day. If you think something works, then just do it. Yeah, why not try it? I mean, what's the harm in biting a lemon? Right. Just Within reason. Try. If you think the cure for hiccups is jumping off tall buildings, it's probably not a good yeah, idea. Yeah, that's... But, but that would work. Ones, you would stop hiccuping. Would you? You'd stop a lot of things. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> and the medications that we give, just so you know, mm-hmm. if you come in asking for one of these, just so you know, they're nausea medicines, but they're also antipsychotic medicines. Oh, jeez. Yes. <laughs> just Pure so you know. Wow. And often they're given by injection, and I think it's just that you just stuck me with a needle, and the and the phrenic nerve went, ow, You're right. needle, and then it forgets to hiccup. <laughs> Not that it's dangerous to give someone an antipsychotic. I don't want to give that impression. But but yeah, that is that is like the medicine that we're giving you, just well, so you know. To the layman, it seems a little like overkill. Because I don't know what a psychotic, antipsychotic medication is. So it's like, I'm going to give you antipsychotic medication for hiccups. That seems a little <laughs> like, I don't know if I need that. Yes. I'm going to go do this bend I'll over water some technique. ginger tea. The beautiful thing about medicine is when uh, you're psychotic and we give you a medicine... It's an antipsychotic to stop the psychosis. But if you're nauseated, we give you an anti-nausea medicine. It's the same medicine. And if you've got hiccups, we're going to give you an anti-hiccup medicine. It's the same medicine. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, we've got it covered. So naturally, after talking about hiccups, you're also probably worried about... Uh, farts. <laughs> Can Sorry. we get to the farting Sorry. <laughs> I want to get to the farting. Freudian slip. Yeah, no, let's talk about gas coming out of places. Let's do it. <laughs> I feel like I got fart right now. I won't, though, because we're in a very closed, Close small space. room. Thank you. It's a little warm. <laughs> Burping and farting have a lot of things in common, right? Sure. It's gas. Gas it's coming, coming out, out of an end. Of a GI end mm-hmm. of you. Is, um, is there a medical term for burping? There is, and it's not belching. It's called... Burpus? Eructation? Oh. Diaphragmus. Eructation. What is it? Eructation. Eructation? 
E-R-U-C-T-A-T-I-O-N. Irritation. Okay. Can you use it in a sentence, please? I am irritated that you're asking me <laughs> to use it in a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go all spelling bee on it, but I got it. Okay, so, um, so why does this happen? Well, you've got gas in you, in your intestines, and it's got to come out from somewhere. How much gas do you think that you have in your GI tract at any given time? Between, like, your, your burping gas and your farting gas? No, like right now, let's say just from your mouth all the way down, there's gas that's living in your intestines, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, how much do you think is in you? I know how much is in me. 870 liters. <laughs> like you floating. Continuously <laughs> leaking out at all times. I think you're supposed to burp, right? To like sink to the bottom, something like that. <laughs> yes, if you're in uh, Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. How about 1,500 milliliters? Whoa, that's a lot. Is it? That's is it? a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was just thinking there's a lot of spaces and crevices. I could probably fill up a lot of gas before <laughs> yeah. it starts like, it's got to come out. <laughs> well, um, okay. So first, I need to preface this by saying this is not based on excellent data. There was a study in the 1970s where they took some argon gas and put it in someone. And then they saw how much gas came out and what that gas consisted of yeah, to try to determine how much of it was not argon, <laughs> okay. right? And so then, therefore, that's how much gas is in you. And so this is not awesome data. But um, but in that study, they, they, they said that it was about 30 to 200 milliliters or cc's of gas at any given time. Less than a Diet Coke full of air. Wow. I don't believe it. It's, yeah. it's about 800 liters. <laughs> it's got- Particularly after cabbage. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's got to be more than that, right? That's not enough. I yeah. agree with you. There's this thing in medicine or in science called face validity. So somebody comes out with a new study that says, you know, stabbing people in the heart turns out that's really good for people. Face validity is like common sense. Like, that doesn't make sense. I, yeah. I think we right. should do another study. Right. I agree with Dave. Yeah. This doesn't have face validity. I'm sure it's 800 liters of gas. <laughs> That's my experience. Yeah. I'm just saying. What is the structure of the gas? What are the ingredients <laughs> for the gas? Ingredients what's, it, what's it made up of? <laughs> it's flammable, right? Because there's a lot of YouTube videos where this stuff happens. So there's a lot of different gases. Mostly it's just sort of the same gas you find in the air because a lot of this might be you swallowed the gas. Some of it's there's bacteria in your gut that are creating gas. So there's lots of nitrogen, there's lots of oxygen, there's lots of hydrogen. But there's also methane, which is a byproduct right. of the bacteria eating various things. So there's methane in there. That's probably the thing that is lighting up Okay. When you light your farts. So you, you have to have a more methane than other gases if it's going to light, right? Well, you've got to have some methane in there for it to light. The mix of gases and smells you produce is unique to you. It all depends on the foods you eat and the specific flora in your digestive tract. The majority of most people's gas is composed of nitrogen and oxygen from swallowed air and hydrogen and carbon dioxide produced by gut bacteria. Only about one-third of people produce methane. And just to be clear, both methane and hydrogen are flammable, though only methane will produce a blue flame when lit. Do people know what we're even talking about? Because I believe that this is predominantly a thing that males in Australia know about. I'm not so sure that normal (laughs) people know No, teenage boys in America know about it, too. This is definitely universal. I think think all cultures, I think all adolescent males attempt to light a fart on fire. That makes me feel better because it was my brother's favorite pastime (laughs) growing up in Australia in the outback was to light his farts. And in fact, one day he was doing it on the couch to gross us out and he lit the couch on fire. (laughs) 
Jesus. Wait, did he light the couch on fire because of the expulsion of the fart or it, from look, just a lighter on the couch? It happened so quickly. <laughs> nobody knows. But I know that he lit his fart and then a few <laughs> seconds later, they were screaming, oh my God, the couch is on fire. <laughs> the true story. I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> And then we told him to stop doing it because I don't know if this is true or not, but we were very concerned that what would happen if the flame went up his rectum <laughs> into oh, his yeah. colon. Like a backdraft. Because <laughs> this has actually happened. <laughs> this has happened in people in the operating it room. It happens in houses. They tell you not to open the door because exactly. the backdraft, the fire comes back. And it, <laughs> don't open that rectum. It, it feels very warm. There once, could be a fire behind fart, that. Once you fart, you close that <laughs> you close sphincter because you do not want a backdraft. Okay, I need to go back and explain that. So this has happened in the operating room. There is uh, good reports of this. And so this can happen two ways. One way is you're the surgeon and you're working on somebody's colon, for example, and they use these electric cautery devices that are very hot. And if you put a little hole in the bowel and there's a big you know, gas pocket in there, poof, that can happen, and it has actually been described. And I just found another one reported from Japan where they were lasering a woman's cervix for cancer. At the same time she broke wind, boom, started a fire. Now, don't want you to get scared. This is incredibly rare, and there's things that are being put in place to prevent that happening. But yes, this has happened in the operating room. Those farts, they're dangerous. And kids, public service announcement... Don't light your farts. Mm, you can get really badly burned. It's a bad idea. It's a living thing, Brian. It breathes. It eats. It hates. So we were talking about where do the farts come from and what are they made of? Bacteria. Yeah, bacteria is probably the biggest one. So they're digesting your food. You thought you were digesting your food, but bacteria are helping you. But also a lot of things that we eat are a lot of gas. We eat things that are gaseous. Like, I bet you didn't know that an apple is 20% gas. Did you no, know that? I didn't know that. But I know there's like the cabbage, Thank super you. gassy. Yes. Uh, beans, for some reason, are super gassy. Jess has a table. She's got a table of the most gaseous producing Oh, let's hear yeah, it. Foods. Yeah, yeah. This is called classification of food according to their flatogenic potential. Nice. Their water potential? Flatogenic. So, flatus, fart, fl- fart potential. Fart potential foods. Okay, what's the Flatogenicity. Most, what is the most farty food? Okay, the fartiest foods, extremely flatogenic, um, and that is defined as greater than 40 passages of gas per day. So, what are the what makes you fart more than 40 times a day? They say milk and milk products, but I would argue that that's probably for someone who's yeah, lactose, lactose intolerant. intolerant. Yeah, intolerant, yeah. Right. I mean, this is an old school article, yeah. so I don't I don't know how real this is. Uh, they say things like onions, carrots, beans, bananas, and wheat germ. Those are their examples for the fartiest foods. Carrots. Yeah, yeah. carrots. I don't think of fartiness in carrots. No, I don't either. Yeah. Beans, for sure. Yes. Right. Milk, of course. Right. The magical fruit. The more you eat, the more you toot. And why is that? Yeah, why is that? It's because the stuff that forms like the outer layer of the vegetables, these are some sort of complex carbohydrate, and you may not have the ability to break everything down on your own. Like if you don't have the enzymes to do that, then you rely on intestinal flora to have enzymes to help you break that down. And what do they do? What is the byproduct when they use their enzymes to break that down? Gas. Yeah. 
They give, yeah. off, they give off a little air. So that gas can be like carbon dioxide or it can be methane. So the concept is if you have a lot of these sugars, you can absorb some of them. But if there's a lot left over, then the bacterium just eat them and, and then they start farting <laughs> and that makes you start <laughs> right, farting. Right. <laughs> so lactose intolerance is uh, some people just don't have enough or the enzyme to break down lactose and absorb it. So the bacteria do it for you and you fart a lot and you get belly pain and you get diarrhea. It's just, it's a mess. And even if you're not lactose intolerant, the ones that commonly do it, so I said like the outer layer of the beans, that's a complex sugar that's in there. It's called raffinose, but also fructose. We've all heard of fructose, common sugar. That's another one that can cause increased gas. And then sorbitol, which is basically in every type of gum. It's an mm, artificial sweetener, mm. so like all sugar-free gums, most of them have sorbitol in them. And um, that's, you know, one thing that can give you a lot of farts. So this raffinose, this uh, thing, it's in beans, but it's also in Cabbage. Oh, yeah. Cabbage Classic. makes you tooties. Totally. Mm-hmm. Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. Broccoli. Broccoli. Yes. Mm-hmm. All of those things. It's the same problem. That's why I don't eat anything good for me. <laughs> I don't do that. I eat chicken. <laughs> Doesn't make me gassy. Speaking of beans, what's up with Beano? How does that work? Because Beano, <laughs> you take and it like alleviates your gas. Well, that's what it's supposed to do. Doesn't it? I mean... Probably. It probably does help. Basically, that's just an enzyme. It's this oral form of an enzyme called alpha-galactosidase. And the idea is that as soon as you're going to eat that gas form in food, so before you eat your cabbage and your broccoli, Mel, which now the world is open to you, you sprinkle the beano on and you can have it, and it helps break that down. So that way it's you're not relying on the bacterial floor to break oh. it down and fart and then make you fart. Oh, so beano doesn't, you know, make farts. Bacteria make farts. Beano helps us break those sugar down so I can absorb it. Okay. Right. Yeah, well, I would, I, before this now, I was under the impression that Beano ate farts. Yeah, I thought it died. <laughs> it absorbed it? I thought it was like charcoal. It like absorbed <laughs> right. it and then you right. pooped it out as a brick. <laughs> exactly. Okay, Mel, I'm not going to ask Jess this question. <laughs> Is farting ever a sign of a problem? Like a medical problem. And you're not asking me <laughs> No, because, because you're going to say... You don't want diagnosis. You're, you're going to say, yes, it is a problem. <laughs> uh, I guess it could be. Mostly it's telling you, like, if you're excessively farting, and some people, like, farting all the time, it's probably that you do have sort of an enzyme insufficiency. Um, or it could be that you have an enzyme insufficiency, like you're lactose intolerant, for example. Uh, if every time you eat a certain food, you get abdominal pain and you fart, and like, guess what? probably shouldn't eat that food. Your body is not d- digesting it very well. So from that point of view, yeah, maybe that's true. But as sort of a symptom that people would present with to make us think, oh my gosh, this person could have something really bad. Lots of gas is not something that we think about. We don't go, oh my gosh, that's that's cancer. You're dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank goodness. So, 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 so really gas is your, your flora, your own personal flora's way of yelling at you at the end of the day. Like, <laughs> I didn't like this. No, actually, it's the opposite. They did. They liked it. I love oh, that. I loved it. <laughs> come on. Let's have some more of that. And if you come in and your only complaint is lots and lots of gas, you're probably fine. Like when these patients have follow-up studies and they see the GI doctor, they get scopes, they're fine. Like most of the time, nothing is discovered about them. 
they're maybe just a little bit more sensitive to their own body farting and they think it's a problem. It's when the farting is associated with other things like, hey, I got lots of gas and belly pain and I'm losing weight. Then you're like, hmm. You mentally kind of put fart off the list yeah, and look at the other the things. The other things like, oh, maybe this person needs a workup for something like celiac disease, but it's not because of the farting. It's because of all the other symptoms that went along with it for that individual. And in fact, farting can be the sign of good things. Right, Jess? So we, I have surgery, I have appendicitis, for example, I have oh, to take my yeah. appendix out. And then on rounds, you're rounding, I used to be a surgery resident, you'd round on the patient and you'd ask them, are you passing any gas? Mm-hmm. Are you having any farts? And they'd be like, no, 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 it's not a bad thing, it's a good thing, because that means your colon yes. is working again. They're like, yeah, I had a little tootie this morning. I like, remember cool. that. I remember that getting colonoscopies. And they would ask you, like, did you fart yet? Did you pass gas? And you're like, yeah, I just did. And they were so happy. They're like, oh, it's so wonderful to hear. And it's like, I don't think I'll ever hear anyone ever say that, ever, again. Yeah, you only get that comment when you're a baby and you fart. And it's like, oh, look how cute. (laughs) And post-op. It's so cute. It's the only time. (laughs) So uh, we should talk about what's normal. Um, farting yeah. is normal. It's just part of being a human being. You may not like it. It's just part of being alive. You have to digest things. One of the byproducts of digestion is farting. If you have an excessive amount of flatus, though, a lot of people are like, oh, I've got, I must have cancer. I've got something that's terrible. So if you have an excessive amount, you can do some things to reduce that. You can look at this list of foods, and maybe you're eating fartogenic foods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe you're lactose intolerant. Maybe you need to drink a little less milk and eat a few less beans, perhaps. So there are some things that you can do. Maybe when you get anxious, you swallow a lot of air. Maybe you need to work on mm. just breathing techniques. They say so, straws, like don't drink from straws because you'll suck down too much air. And Is certainly that... carbonated beverages. Yeah. You swallow a whole carbonated beverage. Right. If you don't burp it up, it's going to come out the other will, end. It's will it really? Yeah. Yeah. So if I hold in a fart, will it come out as a burp? No. <laughs> so it only no. goes it only goes north to south. It doesn't go south to north. Only under severe pathological conditions, which are quite terrible. When you have this thing called a bowel obstruction, where your bowels don't work, things can back up to the point where they come out your mouth. Wow. And that's, yeah, horrible that's horrible and terrible. Right. But no, uh, if you hold in a fart, it will not make its way all the way back up in a normal It'll just person. hurt until it comes out. It'll just out. hurt and... Eventually, it'll come out. But normally, they say that most people fart 20 times a day. That's a lot. I think that's excessive. I don't excessive. think it's enough. <laughs> that's, yeah, that number sounds think, way underestimated. I don't think that. I, what? Yeah, I think. I this think, is more. Well, maybe for guys high. then. Is this like a gender thing? Like uh, women versus men? How do they do that study? Do you have a fartometer? You attach to your anus? <laughs> Maybe there's like a, the on. a little counter. You yeah. carry a little counter. I think I'm going to walk around with a counter next week. I'm just going to. We should do a study on yeah, this. Yeah, we should. Let's get some real data yeah. here. How many times do you fart a day? You mentioned what what's normal and what could be pathologic, but we didn't talk about that for hiccups. I mean, hiccups are generally like normal. We all get hiccups. But people who are getting lots and lots and lots of hiccups or a sudden bout of them with other symptoms, that could be a sign that something else is going on. So there are reports of hiccups occurring when someone's having a heart attack or when someone's having a tumor or various things. So it's not like you, you know, should panic like, oh, my God, I have the hiccups. I'm probably having a heart attack. But if you're having other symptoms to go along with it, then maybe you should come get checked out. Have you seen anyone in the ER for like excessive farting? I've seen excessive farting in the ER. (laughs) No, no, no. Like they came in for that reason. Yeah, I've seen that. 
Yeah, but it's mostly, I've never seen somebody come in specifically for that, but I've certainly had people who have, as part of the history taking, saying, and I'm really concerned, I pass a lot of gas, I think something's yeah. rotting inside my belly. You're human. You have a hollow tube. It goes from your mouth to your anus. That hollow tube has bacteria in it, it has food in it, and it has gas in it. And that gas has to go out, because if it doesn't, you're going to explode, or you're going to float away like Veruca Salt. <laughs> So it has to come out. I, Veruca Salt did not float away. They she turned into a blueberry and they, they rolled, rolled her, her out. She didn't float? Oh, who no. floated away? Charlie, they, Charlie and, and, and his grandpa. grandfather. Yeah. Oh, and they wow. had to burp. They had to burp to come back down. There you go. After the fizzy water. In the 1971 film Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Veruca Salt does not blow up into a giant blueberry. That happens to Violet Beauregard. Veruca Salt ends up falling through a chute in the egg sorting room. <sighs> Veruca Salt, I will say, I admit that I sometimes make restaurant reservations under that name. <laughs> I make it under Augustus Gloop. <laughs> thanks to Dave Mason, Jess Mason, my name's Mel Herbert. And a special thanks to our research assistants for this episode, medical student Anid Picard and Dr. Jesse Werner. This One Heard a Bit is a production of Fooly Boo Incorporated, produced by CeCe Herbert and Bill Connor. The information you hear on This One Heard a Bit should not be taken as actual medical advice. If you have actual medical questions about actual medical things, you should see an actual medical practitioner. Even though we are actually doctors, we're not your actual doctor. So be sensible and keep it real. And this, oh this. 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 Um, I'm just looking at Jess, who's literally in tears about the, the, the lighting the, episode. She's, it was the backdraft that got me. That's that when I the, really lost it. Over the yes, edge. yeah.